Hi there. Welcome to the New Life Live podcast. Steve here. Since 1988, New Life has been transforming lives one life at a time. Now our goal is to provide you with wisdom from God's Word to give you hope and help in life's most difficult places. One way that we do this is through the live program that we share with our listeners here on the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to ask our panel of counselors and psychologists, call us at 1-800-229-3000, Monday through Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now let's go to today's podcast episode. It is Steve, and so glad that you're with us here today. New Life Live. And we've got a great program because we've got great people here, and J.J. West is with us who does the just really powerful amazingly powerful every man's battle intensive workshop jj welcome you doing all right today thanks steve i'm doing great good to be on with you and uh, let's all pray for uh jj because someone said to him meeting him i thought you were tall you know that never goes well when you hear that and then mark cameron who uh is just perfectly tall Right height there. Mark, how are you? Hey, Steve. Hey, JJ. That's funny because I usually get the opposite. Oh, I didn't realize you were this tall. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. All right. So um, I want to talk to you guys, ask you about something. We want to be discerning. Mm-hmm. And given that there are people that aren't very, um, well, they're, they, they are in the Christian community, but maybe their motives are wrong. We want to be discerning, maybe a little bit skeptical when we hear certain things how does that differ from a critical judgmental spirit that can just eat you alive jj what do you think Mm. well i think oftentimes uh, a critical judgmental spirit reveals the things that i hate or and displeased with most about me Mm. and so i use it then to lash out at others rather than turn the focus mm-hmm. around and the camera around to what needs to change in me to be asking God for the strength, uh, one, to recognize he's forgiven me, but then two, the strength to change, to transform. And sometimes that might even mean I need to seek professional help and need to get with a, maybe a Christian counselor to say, hey, there's this thing or these things in my life that I really don't like. I end up kind of getting angry with others about it. Can you help me work through this so that I can let these things go. Very good. Mark, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I agree with you, JJ. I think underneath the critical spirit is shame. Um, and it's usually mm-hmm. people who have a really hard time admitting their own mistakes because yes. it, it causes them shame. So they're very quick to point them out in others. Um, and I know this because I used to be one of those folks. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and it's hard, right? And But the way that we get rid of the power of shame over us is by learning to admit our mistakes, right, and acknowledge where we're mm-hmm. flawed. And once we can acknowledge where we're flawed, then that's when the healing can begin. And so, but to answer your question here, Steve, between the difference between um, discernment and, and criticism, I think when, when we're discerning, we are actually submitting to an authority higher than us or outside of us, right? And as Christians, it would be submitting to God and God's word versus, you know, someone who's critical. They usually have a a lot of what they think should happen, but it's based on what they think and not really a submission to something else. Yeah, very Mm -hmm. good. Well, if you have a critical spirit, or you just spend a lot of time judging other people, you're negative, um, 
Well, either you've been born into the wrong family or you might have a problem that we could help you with. And we're doing the Emotional Freedom Workshop, and I love this workshop because I've seen people really respond to it. And one of the things that I always wonder about is this question of, do I need to go to counseling? Well, yes, you do. <laughs> if you've never been, there's, there are things that you would just love to know. And a great counselor can help you know those things. But especially if you see that you're really not connecting with people because, well, there's always something wrong with them. Well, maybe that's not really true. Maybe it's something wrong with you and you're missing the joy of a lot of good connection in relationship. Counselor can help you with that. And Emotional Freedom, the workshop, can help you with that. We'll be back. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. We're back. Steve Arterburn here, hoping you're having a great day, and it could be better uh, if you join us for the Emotional Freedom Workshop. That's going to be December 3rd. could be a great Christmas, better Christmas, because you gave yourself that gift. Find out about it at newlife.com, or you can call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. I'm going to go to Elvira. She's calling us from Chicago. Elvira, you are on. Steve Arterburn here, J.J. West, Mark Cameron. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I have a question. Okay. I, I'm being um, um, stalked by a Christian leader, uh, a radio personality, and um, I need to confront this, but nobody has given me a phone number. Um, so I'm left to in, endure it. Okay, let me let me ask you a question. A couple of questions. Okay. okay. You're not referring to me. You're not referring to me. Okay, but here's the deal. <laughs> um, how did you, how did this person come across you to know you, to want to stalk you? He was my youth pastor when I was a kid. Hmm. Um, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know if he was a, um, but he attached himself to our family because of my father's success, and okay. um, I'm be, I'm being isolated. He he, I insulted him one time, and he's not um, amenable to buying me out. Okay. So I hear. All right. So one more question. What does it mean when you say he's stalking you? What does he do? Uh, for instance, um, I needed to, uh, I'm at, uh, at a washeteria. I needed to use the restroom. And this has happened pattern after pattern, after time after time after time. This is just one illustration of it. So... Um, both of the bathrooms, um, both of the bathrooms were locked, and I, um, he, the owner approached me and was apologetic and, and said he was he was clearly lying, so he was making excuses. So I think they um, locked the bathrooms um, uh, in. 
Okay, so you okay? Hold on, just a second. So um, when you go to the laundromat, something that's happened a couple of times, he's locked. Uh, you think he's locked the bathroom oh, door? Okay. This is the first time. This is the first uh, okay. time. What else does he do? What else does he do that would? I mean, do you see him stalking you? Is it obvious? Yeah, I think I think I have tracking mechanisms on my car. <clears throat> Okay, well, I'm just going to turn this over to, uh, well, Mark, how about you, uh, to help her with the feeling of being stalked by somebody that's from old youth group. Mm. Well, I'm sorry this is happening to you, Vira. I think what I would say to somebody who, who believes they're being stalked is really to get the police involved. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and just have them look into it if, if if you really feel like something you're in danger and and you're not safe um i think the other thing that sounds like you probably could do is, is you know call the radio station and and let them know of your concerns too but i think also what i would do is i would also loop in some other folks who you trust and who love with love you and just tell them about your experience and see if you can um, solicit their feedback on what they think um, could be happening too. Um, because, it, you know, it, it, it is scary when we think that somebody is following us or, or doing something to us. But we also just want to check it out too and make sure that our mind is also not playing tricks on us. Yeah, and I like what you said, because if you are literally being stalked, the police mm-hmm. do not want that mm-hmm. to happen, and they're the ones to right. talk to. J.J., you have a thought here? Uh, I'm just echoing exactly what Mark said. you got to get the police involved. And then also this idea of in, in, enlisting the help of others is so important. This is what Scripture tells us, that there's great wisdom in the counsel of many. I shouldn't try and figure everything out on my own. I shouldn't trust my own uh, ability to perceive everything accurately. It's important to get the feedback of others who I know love me, care about me, and want good for me. Get them involved as well to say, "Hey, here's what I here's what I experienced. You tell me what you think, so that it does it does it coincide with how I interpreted it?" Yeah, very good. Okay, so uh, I'll send you uh, Dr. Henry Cloud's book, Trust. Boy, that's a, a book I, th- I think you're really going to enjoy. And sorry you're having to go through this. Police and friends that care about you seem to be the answer. Let's go to Charles. Washington, D.C. is where he's calling from, WAVA, great station there. Hey, Charles, how are you, and how could we help you today? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Um, just want to say I did, uh, this weekend, did go to the Every Man's Battle uh, uh, workshop, and JJ is shorter than. Uh, <laughs> 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 so, so. <laughs> I'm so short, I can't help it. <laughs> well, that just it shows that you were truly engaged. Yeah, you you were there. Yeah. So, was it good for? Was it a good experience for you? It was it was a beautiful experience. To, to, uh, I met Jim. I met uh, JJ, and. Um, some really great guys there that uh, they encouraged me that I was able to connect with and uh, and grow with. So it was a really great time. Good. Mm-hmm. So what's on your mind right now? Um. So a lot. So I, I actually talked to JJ about this. Um. Um. And so he would actually have you know hopefully he remembers. <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm having a crisis. 
uh, on multiple fronts just to kind of, I guess, truncate it. I am, uh, I've been um, excommunicated, excommunicated from my church um, because of a situation with adultery. Um, my wife, and I've been married eight years, my wife has committed adultery in, in 2017. Um, and so during that time, I actually was angry with her and angry, and angry with the Lord. So I uh, committed adultery as well uh-huh. after that. Uh, so we went to counseling, um, and uh, I thought everything was fine. Um, you know, we it seemed that we were growing. Uh, but recently, 2020, you know, uh, in September, I found out that she actually committed adultery again. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, we, we were talking through it, trying to work things, you know, work through it. And then she hit me with a bombshell. Um, I think JJ called it trickling, um, but she basically was letting me know that all the basically other uh, times of infidelity in our marriage has been over. It's over. Been over the last six years of our marriage. And I think that that uh, kind of set me over. And so I was uh, looking to, um, I didn't set out to commit adultery again, but yeah. I was looking for love and I ended up committing adultery again. Um, I don't know what to do because, you know, my life is just, this is in shambles right now. I don't know if I want to continue to be married with my wife. Uh, she, she, can, she has a voice that she wants to uh, continue the marriage. Um, but I don't well, know if I want to continue. Uh, so you, yeah. let me just get this clear. When you found out about the first affair she had, then you had an affair. Then am I right that you yeah. had another affair after you found out about all the affairs that she had? Is that right? Yeah. yeah okay. So big question first is what are you doing so you don't ever have another affair? Are you? Do you have a plan? Do you have a program? Um, I do. So that's that's one of the reasons why I went to Every Man's Battle because I wanted Good. to identify what in, um, you know, um, yeah. led me to commit enough adultery. Um, so, and I do have that. Um, I don't have my my church community anymore. Um, yeah. So um, I do have uh, friends and, uh, and pastors around me that have rallied around me, and. Um, so that way I can grow one to uh, yeah. to see what's going on with me and also to grow uh, a conviction to honor the Lord even when I'm well, not the in good, the good The good news the good news for you is there are a lot of churches and there are a lot of churches that heal and they have recovery groups and you need to be in one of those to really be involved. But what does your wife say about these multiple affairs? And does she say she's done or kind of leaves it up in the air she says she's done she um she you know she's voiced you know she's shown some some contrition i'm not sure how to always interpret it because in the past this was it kind of the same thing in a sense now she's in counseling she's been surrounded by people um but she says she she doesn't want to do it anymore she wants to grow um and but she she, in in my mind she needs to be doing more than just going to counseling she needs to be in a Sex Addicts Anonymous group or a Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous group. And, uh, you know, she she needs to be showing you that this she's doing more than just talk to somebody for an hour once a week. And if I were you, I would be saying to her that if you want the marriage to go forward, you're going to need to do some things. Mm-hmm. One... 
you're going to need to get involved in a recovery group. And you need to go twice a week. And secondly, um, you, you need to do something, a retreat or uh, some something that really, a weekend that can help you with whatever it is that drove these things. And so if you're not willing to do that, then I, what I think you're saying is you're willing to stay married until you have another affair. That would be my big concern. That would drive me crazy. Where does yeah. she find these people to have affairs with? The, the, the guy actually was in our church. He was a brother of mine, supposed to be a really close brother of mine. Well, how did she and, connect uh, he, with this brother? How did how did they connect being part of the church? Um, that I, I, we, we all were in mutual friend group. Yeah, and um, so, we all were just together. So. so you need to tell her that every male contact that's on her phone needs to be erased and that you need to see her phone for quite some time to make sure she's not in contact with some other man. Is she willing to not contact another man? And But if I don't see things like that with the affairs she's had, then she's really just kind of holding you at bay. I think it's kind of a manipulation. J.J., your thoughts might be uh, totally different. What are you thinking? No, no, I, I'm in agreement. You know, the the formula for rebuilding trust is a changed character plus observable behaviors over time. You can't, you can't eliminate any of those portions in order to rebuild trust. So, so there has to be a, a, a change in character in her heart. I want to relate differently, not only to you, but to other men. I'm going to show you that by observable behaviors. I'm going to rebuild trust with you by you know, active truth-telling. I'm going to go through my phone every day. Here are the people that I've contacted. Here are the ways that we interacted. Here are the conversations that we had. And I know that it's going to take time for you to start to believe that these observable behaviors are permanent and not temporary just to, just to win you back. So we have to have all of those elements in place. And, and yeah, I, I, of course, I do remember our conversation. We had a great conversation. And, and by the way, I think it's important for all the listeners to know that, you know, He's like six four or something. So his his perspective on how tall I am is completely it's completely off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disqualified completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no. I mean, I think I think that's the key. Is it's it's fine for you to entertain the idea of staying in the relationship with her, but only on the basis of I'm seeing these things change, and we're giving time to see if it's permanent. Now. The other thing are these men that are in your church. I've, I think most people are aware that I, my wife was unfaithful. Tell you what I did when we come back from this break, because um, they need to be held accountable too. Absolutely. And we'll hear from Mark. Well, it's a tough situation, and everybody has to do what needs to be done to ensure. This is not ever, ever going to happen again. Take a break. We'll come right back. If you need some help, 1-800-NEW-LIFE is the number to call.
We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. We're back, Steve Arnold here, and uh, I was pointing out, yeah, I might want to mention that I was married before. Anyway, I just said to the guy, um, if you ever call my wife, get in contact with her again, I will kill you. I just said, yeah, that's what was on my mind. I said, I'd rather be in prison um, for that than to know that that's ever going to happen again. So I was angry. But you know what? He ended up going to every man's battle. Now that is a twist, (laughs) if you ask me. And uh, I hope and pray that he's still doing well. So here's what I would say. I would just say I think you got to see the stuff that both JJ and I have said. You got to see that in her, or it's not going to go well, most likely. CJ, do you have a thought on this before we go? Are you talking to me, Steve? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. yes. Okay. Mark, yeah. I'm talking just, to you. Just, just want to make sure. I said CJ because there's a CJ on on the board. Okay. Uh, so, but yeah, Mark, what do you think? Yeah. So Charles, so here's what I just kind of want to lovingly point out for you here. Um, you said that you were angry the first time and then you cheated, and so I, you know, there's a little bit of lack of ownership there, right? Because there's some justification between you know behind like I cheated because you did this to me and i think as you as steve and jj are saying right working recovery uh being in a recovery group and you know also going to therapy i think recovery groups are good for accountability you know individual therapy is good to unpack the reasons of why you had the affair right and i think as you go and you figure out these things right then you'll be able to learn to take ownership for for the reasons behind it and then you know if you get to to a stage where where healing can happen with your wife, right, then you can do couples therapy and you can learn how to heal the relationship there. Because when you walk your own recovery, then you'll have a clearer mindset of, uh, you know, what your wife needs to do to recover because you, you'll know what you're doing uh, in yourself. So I think that's, that's what I would say. Yeah, very good. Okay, so I'm going to send you a copy of Every Man, God's Man, I hope that that's going to be at another level of character building for you. Boy, that's a tough, tough situation. Mm-hmm. And what do we do in those situations? We make sure that we are going on a path that never leads us to have an affair because it's not just about you and what the damage it does, but that person you're in the affair with. What are you mm-hmm. doing there? The damage there. All right, uh, how about we go to Aaron, Wilmington, Delaware, listens on Sirius XM Satellite Radio, Radio Channel 131 at 1 p.m. Eastern. Hey, Aaron, how are you today? Uh, very blessed, thank you. Good. What's going on? <laughs> well, my uh, ex-wife and I were divorced 23 years ago. Okay. Uh, I remarried. She did not. My second wife died of colon cancer. And um, my ex-wife is making some motivations to try and put us back together. I'm not against the idea, although I've got some, some conditions I want to go through first. But uh, my question is, in the eyes of God, are we still married? Well, no. You got a divorce. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I know legally. And God, God, well, but Jesus refers to that thing that happens, divorce. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You know, he says if if a man divorces his wife, you know, just because he doesn't want to be married anymore, he's committing adultery. I understand that. And then he gave two conditions under which divorce is okay. Abandonment by a non-believer and adultery on the part of the other person. That doesn't mean you have to get a divorce if those happen. (laughs) So, here's a question for you. When you guys were married... You had problems. You got a divorce. Is there anything different now with the two of you? Well, spiritually, uh, there's a lot of difference. I mean, uh, I was a backslidden heathen at the time. Um, I, I think we're a lot more, a lot more mature than we were then. Mm-hmm. You know, but but my 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 way of approaching this is, you know, look, I'm not the same person I was 23 years ago. Oddly enough, we were divorced for 23 years as well. And I said, neither are you. I mean, if you want to hang out and be friends for a while, just to make sure we're still compatible, I'm okay with that. If after a few weeks or months we decide that, you know, we want to move forward with this, we'll start dating, you know? And then after a few months of that, if we really feel like we got this together, you know, then, then we'll see where it goes. Well, okay. It sounds like you're very logical about it, mm-hmm. and that could be a good thing, or it might not be a good thing. You know, if there's no romance, desire, uh, really strong attraction to her, it could be more of like a, an arrangement. You just got to be sure that you love her and care about her. You don't want another I, I mistake. Agree. Mm-hmm. Of course, I agree completely, and- uh, you know, I guess, it, it, to be perfectly blunt and honest, I, I don't think I've ever stopped loving her. It's just that I was convinced that we weren't compatible and I was being a selfish snot and decided I was going to go make sure I was happy. So that, it was all me. And yeah, okay. Looking at it, if we can put this back together, I'm going to take the rest of my life making it yeah. up to her. Well, I would not be hanging out, wasting time, if I wasn't in a counseling relationship with her to see, like you said, you said you were incompatible. Are you compatible now? I'd be wanting to find that out. Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now, if you're new to us, we drop an episode every weekday. We would love it if you would rate or write a review, which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible. Now, let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places. glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. We're back. I'm going to send uh, Aaron how we love. I, I think that could really open some mm-hmm. 
eyes for both, and uh, I hope that that will be a good resource for you guys. But I really would. I'd if you're messing around with remarrying, I would sure be in a counseling relationship, and as well as the dating thing. I've never had a date with Larry, but we've gone a lot of places together. He's in the studio. Larry, what do you have for us? Uh, Steve, Emotional Freedom is coming up December the 2nd. One day online workshop. You and Chris and Jackie Mack are going to do this online. People can get a lot done in this one day. And yeah. I, want, I got this. I think it's a really powerful testimony that if you're even thinking about it, this should get you to pick up the phone and call. This woman writes, I was so afraid to ask for help. I'd been dealing with grief and many past griefs. I felt very confused and helpless. God answered my cry in a big way. I was given the opportunity to attend Emotional Freedom. New, emotional freedom. new Life blessed me with a scholarship and I was able to attend. I struggle with debt and an addiction to spending, among other things. I was looking for more serenity, more peace, a closer relationship with God, and stability. I got all this. I got this because of the generosity and love that new life brings into my life. Mm. The friendship, caring, and growth I received during emotional freedom will stay with me for the rest of my life. The healing and freedom I received is immeasurable, and I thank God for this opportunity to be in emotional freedom and what new life has done for me. I thank him every day. My heart was heavy, and now it's light. Well, that's wonderful. Doesn't get much better than that. No. Um, and we hear stories like this, and that's why we continue to do it. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't matter what your single issue is. This is kind of a catch-all for us. You know, we do things for men. We do things for women. We do things for couples. And this is for anybody, man, woman, couple, anybody who has an issue that's really not covered by those. Yeah. So take advantage, folks. Give us a call. And this word freedom, man, some people have never, ever, ever experienced freedom. I love it. Some of the guys have written in the past about their they never had emotion before. They didn't know how to mm-hmm. kind of get that mm-hmm. element of their life out. And this workshop helps guys realize there is an emotional aspect to their life, and they can now they can now find that. Yeah. And, and we need support. Yes, folks. We we need your help. Uh, it's we're a donated ministry. You know, this is your ministry. That's that's the way I look at it. We do a lot of work here, but you're the you're the fuel. And without your fuel, we can't do anything. So your support would be greatly appreciated, not just by us, but by the folks who are coming to these workshops, who listen to this radio program, who go out and get a counselor. They, we're not able to offer those things without your help. So please make a gift. Pay it forward a little. If you've had any of these elements in your life that have done, done well by you through New Life, you know, pay it forward. Let somebody else have that same experience. Mm-hmm. So, if you do, we'll send you uh, Henry's book called Trust. And uh, I just hope and pray that the Lord is moving you from your heart to be a generous giver of new life. And we we really do take it very, very uh, seriously that some people give sacrificially and some people give more than sacrificially to this ministry because they've been helped by it or they've seen other people helped and we're so grateful for that and you can 
Call us at 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Steve, I read your direct mail letter that's going to go out in just a couple weeks. Yeah. And uh, if anybody is not on that list, uh, call us or tell us that you want to get that letter. It's one of the best letters I've seen Steve write. So. Especially if you're an Indiana Jones fan. Yeah, there you it's, go. He's in there. <laughs> but I tell you, it's um, it's really a, I, I the letter is about faith yeah. more than money. That's what it's about. Yeah. Thank you, Larry. Alrighty. Appreciate that. Yeah. If you're not on the list, call us and let us get you on our mailing list. We'd love that. Okay. How about we go over here to Beth from Los Angeles, California. Hello. KKLA is the station. Now, Beth, how are you, and, and how could we help you today? Well, I'm good, and I'm really glad to be <clears throat> talking with you awesome helpers there. Um, my question, I'll just start at the top, because that's usually what you guys want to get to. True. Um, how, do I, how do I deal with an angry relative? Now, just give me a little, I'll give you a little bit of framework. I am seven, in my late 70s. She's a sister, one of two siblings younger than me. They're twins. They're about 70. They both live out of state, so there's about a six-year difference. Anyway, how do I deal with this angry relative who is demanding that I tell her everything about the specific question is, am I going to counseling? Am I going to counseling right now? You need to tell me right this minute if you're going to counseling. You just came at me with a gentle question that within moments turned into a demanding, screaming, I couldn't breathe, kind of pushed me in the corner because I wasn't answering her immediately. Well, why does she um, think that you must tell her this information? Where does that come from? Thank you. Thank you. I don't know. Um, I do not know. Uh, uh, we have discussed, you know, we're sisters. Uh, there have been issues in the, in the family, on and off. But one of the things that, and I don't want to go into her, but historically you know we all have our different personalities uh she has tended to be explosive and destructive with her anger on and off over the years she was mandated to take an anger management class i've taken one in my family because (laughs) i had to learn how to deal with other people's anger i had to learn how to deal with my own uh which i didn't have too much of but i did was angry early on because I followed a bad pattern, but early, early on, I stopped that yeah. and uh, com- completely changed. Okay. Um, but anyway, so yeah. Let's so, hear from uh, Let's hear from Mark first on what you might do with this person that's just really pressuring you <laughs> and giving you the message you must be in counseling. Really, is what she's saying. Beth, did you say yeah. that this? Can was... I add one more thing, Steve? Before we go, can I add? Well, one more absolutely, add wondering? that one more thing. Okay, I want one more thing is that when I spoke to her twin, so that was about three or four days ago, I spoke to her twin about two days ago, who tends to be um, undercover and knows that the other one's a bully, and she's afraid to confront her all her life. She said, I'm afraid to confront her, so she caves in. Uh, but anyway, she mentioned a conversation that she had with the angry bird, and the angry bird said, uh, Beth isn't giving me the information. She screamed and hung up, right? And um, uh, that she was thinking of calling some of my friends here in Los Angeles, one of them is a professional person that is a former okay. colleague of mine. So All she's right. going to go behind. I got it. Okay. Yep. Mm. Okay. Beth, is this your older sister? 
No, younger, six years. Your younger sister. Years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like um, you really need to have a lot of boundaries with her. Um, exactly. I mean, th- these are very extreme behaviors, right? Demanding that you tell her your own personal information, right? And then exploding mm-hmm. when you don't. And then, you know, threatening you with or, or you know, going behind your back and, and wanting to be coercive, right? And, you know, call mm-hmm. coworkers or former coworkers. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you probably need to... Ha- Start with a conversation if you can. It may be difficult to have a conversation with her um, without her exploding. And if that is the case, mm-hmm. then I would write a letter. Um, and I would just kind of outline the boundaries and what kind of relationship that you believe that you can have with her at this moment mm-hmm. with the way that she is and what kind of relationship that you'd like to have with her if she were to be able to respect your boundaries. Um, and then you may have to distance from her and of course you can't control everything that she does if she does contact one of your former co-workers or colleagues um i i yeah at that point then you'd have to apologize to them but i think that person would likely see that it's it's a very extreme thing and um and hopefully would would block them but that's what i would say is i i do think you need to have some strong boundaries um with your sister and it may result in a period of disconnection with her for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, JJ, what are you thinking here? Well, absolutely agree with Mark. <clears throat> you are going to have to have strong boundaries. I think it's important for you, Beth, to do a couple things because uh, Scripture tells us, as much as it is up to you, live at peace with all people. And I'm glad it gives us that caveat, mm-hmm. which means that I can't control what she does or how she responds. What I can do is focus on what is it that I'm feeling that might prompt me to respond a certain way to her. I want to examine that as well as where I'm prompted to maybe relinquish or let up on some of the boundaries that I need to I need to do the hard work of maintaining those boundaries so that I'm not taken advantage of and that my other sister who also gets taken advantage of so that she's not taken advantage of as well. I I really think you're in a situation where (laughs) your sister needs the counseling and, and really needs the help. We'll have a comment after this. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. We're back. Steve Ardenberg here and trying to think of a a good book on, well, I guess I can, I can send Beth boundaries? the Boundaries book, hoping mm-hmm. that she hasn't had that. But you know, I, I want to send the title, the book entitled "Grow Up" to give to her sister, but that wouldn't be nice. So we'll do boundaries. <laughs> we'll leave it right there at that. And you know this great concept that you brought up—that's right out of the Bible. In as much as it's up to me. That's that's all we can do. And, boy, life is so consistently unfair. Mm. And it's not fair that somebody is weird, strange, and hurtful. But you got to take care of your stuff. But um, you know, it's not about fairness. It's about the right thing, doing the right thing. All right, let's go to Jacqueline, Newark, New Jersey. 
and she is watching on our YouTube channel, New Life YouTube channel. Hello there. How are you today, and how could we help? Hi, Steve. I'm well. I just want to say congratulations on the almost 35 years. I've been listening mm-hmm. to you for as long as that. Well, mine is eight years. I just started driving again, so now I kind of got my life back together. Um, but I've been listening to you um, 35 minus eight years. So. Oh, that's wonderful. And, and I was so surprised to hear that your daughter was married now. I was like, oh, my God. But it also <laughs> gave me a light bulb moment. Like, I definitely need to be moving in a little bit faster in my life to see that this program has been on the air for such a long time. And it's, and it's absolutely thriving. But my question is today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the question by saying two scriptures, and I'm not trying to be deep or anything like that, yeah. but this is just how I want to live my life. Um, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in God's eyesight, and also, um, well, I can't think of the other one. But my question is, my mom, she pretty much dropped the bomb on me. She, 11 years ago, she told me to move back to the family home, which I thought was the family home. But every year, for 11 years, she once a year, she'll tell me, you have to leave. This time, I'm absolutely leaving because I told her I can't take their emotional roller coaster anymore. Yeah. But um, 3 o'clock in the morning, I received a text stating that I, she has not given me any explanation. We haven't had any arguments. We haven't, we've had some disagreements for the past two weeks, but it hasn't been. I don't disrespect my mother at all. She's very unfiltered. Mm -hmm. She says what's on her mind. She's not nice. She's not kind. But I thought that we had a better relationship than I've ever had. I thought we were best friends. So for her to drop the bomb on me, I'm trying to figure out how am I going to keep my emotions in check because I've been hearing you guys talk about emotions all day, and I can't even really serve God well because Mm -hmm. of the way I was raised. I can't, I don't understand unconditional love. And the way my mom is treating me now, she's even trolling me, telling me she's going to take me to court. It's just, and I'm not really, I did tell her at this point she's being mean, evil, and she's being a bully because she kept trolling me. Um, But she lives right next door to me. But my picture of what I thought was our family, it's been crumbling for a very long time. I even called real quick. Um, a couple of weeks ago, not a couple of weeks, probably about a month ago, letting you guys know that I had, you wasn't there at the time, but I had a, had to get a restraining order against both of my sons, and I got wonderful advice. I think you were there. Got wonderful advice, but basically my picture of family, and I'm the positive one. Okay, so we want to help I'm you, and I'm almost, okay, I'm almost out of time, so ask a question that we might be able to help you with. What is My the question? My question is, how do I keep, I think you said to someone else, i got to figure out how to deal with myself in the midst of all of this because she's always going to be my mother. So I need to figure out how do I continue on, grow spiritually, not be passive-aggressive in that ballpark. That's yeah. your question. Okay. All right. JJ, your thoughts? Yeah, so Jacqueline, it sounds like your mom has some sort of say, some sort of authority over your living situation. Is that correct? No, I actually, she just, she owns the home. Um, I, we live separate quarters. We, you know, I pay uh-huh. my own part of the mortgage, but um, okay. she owns the home. Say any, so she does have that type of authority, yes. Okay. Okay. So, so she owns the property. Do you have some sort of lease with her or some yes, sort of I written do. agreement? I have a lease. Okay. You have a lease. 
okay, so when she's making these threats and saying you have to move out, she has no legal authority to do that. Correct? I, and I understand, but our relationship at this point, this is the first time she told me she threatened that she's going to take me to court. I'm talking about uh-huh. more relational. I'm going to, I am. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I understand that. I yeah, I understand you're, you're focused more on the relationship. I just wanted to understand what the scenario was. It, it sounds like part of the work that you have to do, you were referring to an earlier call where we were saying, hey, you got to focus on your piece of the puzzle. You can't, you can't fix, change, or control her. You're going to have to focus on your own emotional health. And I'm wondering if part of your own emotional health journey might be putting some distance between yourself and your mom, physical distance, so that you could have more of a peer relationship and less of this mom's in charge and I live on her property and so I have to do what she says. Not that you believe that, but that's kind of how she's interpreting things and trying to have more influence on your life than you're than you're comfortable her with her having. Beth, I, I can't think with- I I can't think of anything better for you to hear than we think you need to move out and yeah. not go back ever it's just uh it's not the right situation there are some moms mm-hmm. that wouldn't even be a deal but in your situation right. you need to be free of her influence and uh, i've got time just for a final comment here mark what do you think yeah jacqueline does your mom rely on you in any way you said she's 73 years old um, I, um, I didn't pay rent. I'm in, I'm in grad school. I didn't pay for four months and it dawned on me. She doesn't need me. And I thought that she did because she's in retirement, but she doesn't need me. And so she doesn't depend on me at this point because she keeps telling me to leave. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so- she, and she may at some point in the future, but I, I think what Steve and, and JJ are saying are correct. It's probably time for you to distance from your mom physically and then rebuild your relationship from there. Yeah. You can't, I just don't think you can go wrong there. And I recommended this before, but I, I think it's it's right for you, so right for you. But How We Love is a wonderful book to understand why the relationship is. Because when we read the book, we come to see, oh, that, that describes my mom. No, that's what, who she was. That's why she reacted that way and then oh look this in reaction to that look at who i became tremendously insightful but i want to tell you i've been giving this advice to a lot of people over the years and i hope it's been good advice i think it's good advice (laughs) everybody has to get over their mother (laughs) i mean you and you can't get over a mother that's difficult well i guess you could but you really need to separate yourself to be fully uh, free of that impact. But a lot of guys are, are told to deal with their father wound, and that's a good thing. But don't quit before you deal with your mom. Because a lot of times we have resentments toward our mothers because we expected them to fix the problem with father. And they didn't, so we're angry. And they're safer to be angry with. So challenge of the day, support new life and get over your mother. <laughs> so that, that's the big challenge. Hey, we sure care about you. We love you. So glad I got to talk to the people I did today. And glad I got to do it with Mark and JJ. They, they're the best. They really are. 
And we know that you, well, you're just doing the best you can, right? That's what I'm doing. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.